What I want to do this morning is uh, really just share some thoughts with you. Uh, this has been a difficult week in the life of our country, really the difficult two weeks, uh, but specifically uh, there's been a lot of tension uh, in our nation this last week uh, between uh, shootings of uh, two black men uh, by police officers um, and then shooting of police officers in Dallas. Uh, there has been a flood of emotions and opinions um, and reactions to the events that have transpired. And I wanted to kind of share my heart with you on what I would love for our response as believers and as a church to be in the midst of this chaotic season in our church. And, uh, and then we're going to spend some time praying for our nation at the end. If you don't mind joining me for that and just believing that God would do some, some great things um, throughout our country. Um, racial tension is uh, it's real. And uh, though we may believe that racism died with the civil rights movement, um, racism is very real. And uh, the events that have transpired, um, though they were only a few events, really represented feelings that people had been holding uh, for, for decades. And we saw the, the raw emotions that poured out after the events that did take place. Um, now, everybody has opinions about the events that took place, uh, and some people feel that uh, things were one way, and other people feel that things were a different way. Some say things were justified, some say things were not justified, and I'm not here today to share with you my opinion on what happened and uh, what I thought should have happened and the responses should have been and all that kind of stuff. What I want to do is, uh, is just allow us to acknowledge that our nation needs some healing uh, and to believe that even in this pavilion, there might be some healing that needs to take place. Um, and really to help us look at ourselves in light of these events and just ask ourselves the question, is there any hate in my heart? Is there any areas in my heart that have been revealed because of what happened over the last week that would cause me just to look inward enough to say, God, please change me? Because what we need is change in our country, um, but the way things have happened isn't going to bring change. It's just going to make things worse. Our, our, our nation is more divided racially than it's uh, been in a long time. And so uh, God is the answer, and, and we know that, but, but we're kind of his hands and his feet, and we're his voice, and the way we react and respond um, is a big deal. Um, and so here's why, how I want to start. Um, if you are on social media, you have read a plethora of opinions and posts and shares and articles about the events that transpired. Uh, some have... Um, some have agreed with some things that took place, and some have vastly disagreed with what they feel were injustices. Anytime there's an injustice, there's passion that follows a reaction to the injustice, and that pours out in a variety of different ways. And we've seen unhealthy displays of passion because of injustices throughout our nation. Um, and we've also seen some healthy displays uh, of passion with regard to the injustices that have taken place. Um, but as I read through uh, different posts on my news feed, I, I, at one point I just had to, to kind of stop and just take a break because it's just draining, isn't it? When you really just read all of the hatred that's in our world, it wears on you. And for people to speak to groups of people and people to speak to individuals specifically without compassion... And with hate in their heart, it wears on you. 
And a lot of people in times like this want to make points, but they don't really want to make a difference. And then acknowledge that we need change, but they don't want to be part of the change. And it's been tiresome. And so I want us to start this morning. I'm going to read actually a post of one of my Facebook friends um, just to kind of get us on the page to acknowledge together that there is pain in our nation, in our world right now surrounding these events. Uh, and then I want to share with us what I believe are five healthy ways that we can respond to these injustices in our world. Here's a post from uh, a black young man. Uh, he's actually a musician who has uh, years ago played at our church uh, one time. And this is what he said. I'm not condoning what he says. I just, I just want to get out there that there are some raw emotions that we can acknowledge what's been said. He says, I am tired. I remember being told when I was young, when an officer walks up to your car, have out all of your info so that in plain English, they don't kill you. Imagine hearing that as a kid. I want to think that most parents are telling their kids that you can be whatever you want to be uh, and about the birds and the bees. How many of my friends have had this talk with their parents or have said the same thing to their kids? I remember walking to schools and ladies would grab their purses and cross the street as I walked by. I still see that today. Sad thing is they will never know this loving man who would give them the shirt off his back if a stranger needed it. I remember being pulled over and having guns pointing at me and thinking that today I might die. Trying to say any and everything that I could think of just to get out of the situation that would have my family in tears, friends asking why, all because I looked like who they were looking for. I remember saying, I'm a musician. I play at some of the largest churches in Atlanta. Insert mega church pastor names. Nope, still didn't believe me. Well, here's a pay stub, still. I remember being in the car with, a, with my friend who looked different from me and saw how he was not getting the same treatment I was. I remember trying to understand why they could not believe a black and white guy could be friends. So when I read things like, we got to keep praying or we got to keep spreading the gospel or it's just a sin thing, I get tired. Don't get me wrong, I believe in all those things. I believe we live in a fallen world, but enough is enough. Faith without works is dead. So I ask, what do we got to, who do we got to preach to? Tell me who. People say, well, they got what's coming to them. So if I was shot in that car for looking like what he was scared of, I got what was coming to me? Who? People who say, well, he had a criminal past. So now our officer's jobs are now to kill people with a checkered past? Who? People who say, not all officers are bad. I don't believe all officers are bad. But when I hear that, for some reason, what I hear is, but all black men are. Instead of saying, wow, he made a mistake, who? The people who say, stop killing us, or the people who are saying, but you're killing each other? So I ask, who? I play at many churches of all different backgrounds, denominations. I hear sermons on tithes, lust, greed, families, and leadership. I even hear sermons on love. Now, love is an ironic sermon, especially it is something you have to go practice. Well, I'll tell you a sermon that I don't hear in the churches that I play at. Race. Nope, never heard that one. Or on diversity. Nope, can't say that word in church. So who are we going to reach? If I never get invited back to your church again, I'm okay with that. If you decide to unfriend me, that's okay. I'm good with my God who loves everyone because he made everyone. It's so weird that we people can serve the same God and hate each other. For 10 years, my mother prayed that I cut my hair. 10 years, that's a long time. In her mind, she believed that my hair would get me shot because I looked like I fit the description. That's sad. How many of you have had to talk to your kids about how they dressed and what they looked like 
in fear that they might not make it home. I'm tired. I'm not asking you to analyze what he said. I'm not asking you to agree or disagree. I'm not asking you to respond in any way. I'm simply asking you to acknowledge that at this moment in the history of our nation, people are hurting. And whether we like it or not, there are people in our nation that feel mistreated because of how they were made and not even because of what they've done. Now, whether you think they are or not, it's not a debate for today. But can we just acknowledge together that people are hurting, that their emotions and their passions are being spewed out because of some events that took place that triggered emotions that were deep inside? I can honestly say that I've never, because of my race, felt targeted uh, by anyone, yet there are people in our nation who do feel that way. And the important thing is not for me, because I've never felt that way, to blame someone who has felt that way for whatever reason. The important thing for me in this moment is just to acknowledge that they feel that way. For you to acknowledge that people feel a certain way. That our goal to bring change in our nation and in our communities isn't to convince people to think like we think, isn't to convince people of the way that they're being treated is really their fault and to get them to think differently, but rather to step back and just acknowledge that we have brothers and sisters in the Lord, believers in Jesus Christ, who are hurting in this time. And our goal isn't to fix their logic. Our goal isn't to fix them, but our goal is to have compassion and to respond to them in a loving manner that would help bring change in our world. We could probably all acknowledge that on some level there needs to be change, however that comes about. But change will never happen until there's a compassion for the change that needs to take place. And so I'm asking us as a church, I'm asking us as a group of people to, for the next few moments, just consider how we have reacted and responded and how we will react and respond when people say things that we don't agree with and when people express views that are very different from ours. You know, as I kind of examined my own life this week, seeing all of the hate displayed through social media and the different reactions and responses for the events that took place, I really discovered that there was a little bit of hate in my own heart, if I'm being honest with you. And the hate isn't centered around the color of a skin, but for me, the hate was centered around people's agendas. And I saw how people were taking events that took place, and they were trying to push their agenda and using the events that took place to force their agenda. And I began to resent people in the post, and I felt like responding to some people, and I had to kind of take a step back and just say, sometimes, if you can't say anything good at all, you just shouldn't say anything. There were several moments this week that I just kind of had to put my phone down or close my computer and just say, it's just not worth it, it's not helpful. And then there was a part of me that Sad to say, actually enjoyed some of the dialogue that was taking place. 
And I would think to myself, oh, he made a, he made a good point, or oh, that was, a, that was a good response by her. Oh, I can't believe they said that. Let's, can't wait to see how they're going to respond. And, and part of me, sad to say, was kind of enjoying some of the dialogue, and I had to just step back and say, this is sad in my heart. That the raw passion and emotions of the moments have become entertaining on some level. And I just began to pray, Lord, change me and allow me to be part of a solution, whatever that looks like. Starts in my life. And so here's, here's what I want to do. I want to give us five responses, what I feel are five healthy biblical responses to the events that have taken place, uh, to, the, to the stage of life in our nation at this moment that I believe can be helpful be helpful because we know that there are some responses that are not helpful. So here's number one. Listen up. Listen up. James chapter number one, verses 19 through 21. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Now most of us have a tendency to get angry first and out of that anger we speak next and if we're lucky we'll listen from time to time. And we've seen in our nation, in our world now, that the way people have responded has largely been attributed to anger. And many people have been quick to speak, but I wonder how helpful it would be if we would take time to simply listen to people, to guard our words, to guard our hearts from responding and reacting, and just simply listen to people. Not simply read news feeds, not simply read posts and articles, but maybe have conversations with people and ask people how they feel, people that are different than us, people who may feel differently and think differently and definitely look differently. What if we just had conversations and we just asked questions and we just listened? And James says that when we get angry first, it doesn't produce the righteous living that the word of God that's planted in us should produce in our hearts. And so I want to encourage us to listen up, to be listeners, to allow the words of others to soak into our minds, to cause us to think about the words that they're saying and grow in compassion for the people, even if we disagree. Now, I would never ask you to agree with people that you feel are absolutely wrong. I would never ask ask you to condone actions of people that are wrong, but I would ask you to listen, just to consider what people may be thinking or experiencing or going through, that it would help you gain perspective. And really, this goes across life in general, that if we're quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to get angry, then we'll save ourselves a lot of heartache. It's hard to retrieve words. In fact, you can't. And it's hard to retrieve actions that spewed out of anger. 
In fact, you can't. But you'll never regret listening to someone. Number two, search yourself. Search yourself. Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, O God. It's so easy for us to see the faults in others that we fail to see the faults in ourselves. Have you ever experienced that? Have you ever experienced how easy it is to point out the wrongdoings, the injustices in others, and fail to see the wrongdoings and injustices in your own heart? I've done it plenty of times. And this prayer is is a prayer that's helpful for us just to say, God, would you just search me? Would you reveal any offensive way within my heart? Here's the truth of the matter. In hearts all across this nation, in hearts, in churches all across this nation, is hatred. There's racism. There's words that are being spoken that are offensive and hurtful and not helpful. There are opinions that are expressed that are not godly. And if we as a church would simply take time to ask God to search us and to reveal offensive ways within us, and if we would listen to his voice as he reveals those things with us, and if we would begin to deal with our own inner demons, so to speak, our own struggles, then we would be in a more healthy place to actually bring change to this world, the change that needs to take place. It really starts with me. It starts with you. Change of the world seems so far-reaching that we could never grasp that type of change, but we can change our own lives. We can't allow God to reveal hatred in our own hearts. So I'd ask you today to pray that prayer with me. Search me, O God, and reveal any wicked way, any offensive way that's in my heart, specifically in light of these issues that we're dealing with. Now, I think if we're honest with ourselves, deep down in our hearts sometimes, our hidden thoughts that probably shouldn't be there. And if we'll begin with ourselves and asking God to search us, then we can begin to be healed as a nation. Number three, make the gospel your agenda. Make the gospel of Jesus Christ your sole agenda. Change needs to happen in this world, but most importantly, lives need to be changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ brings dead men to life, spiritually speaking. Your words will never do that. The gospel of Jesus Christ transforms people into new creations. Your opinions will never do that. The gospel of Jesus Christ brings hope to the hopeless, healing to the hurting, restoration, deliverance. Your words alone will never do that. Romans chapter 1. Excuse me. 
verse 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jews, then for the Gentile. Do you realize even in biblical times there was racism? The gospel was only for the Jews. We can't take the gospel to the Gentiles. They're not like us. They don't believe like we believe. We can't allow the gospel to go to the Gentiles. The gospel is the power of God and the salvation for everyone. The gospel does not see skin color. The gospel doesn't see culture. The gospel doesn't see ancestry. The gospel simply gives hope and healing. It's colorblind, so to speak. And I want to ask us as a church to make the gospel our sole agenda. You know, people want to use events to prove their agendas and to kind of push people towards a a way of thinking and say, see, this is what I'm talking about. I'm using this event to kind of promote what I'm trying to tell you. And I wish we had as much passion over the last week to promote the gospel of Jesus as we've had to promote different agendas. Let's just get rid of all the guns. Let's get rid of all the cops. All of these agendas that are out there aren't healthy in and of themselves. But the gospel of Jesus can transform lives. It can change people. It can bring hope to the hurting. And if we would be as focused on that agenda, we would see change in our world. You know, my heart really hurts for the families of all of the victims. These two men and their families, the the five uh, police officers whose lives were taken. My, my heart hurts for their families, but I can't help but wonder if these men knew Jesus. Because just like that, they entered into eternity. And just like that, it doesn't matter what agendas are surfacing. It, it doesn't really matter what injustices took place. These, these men stepped into eternity And knowing Jesus, they entered into eternal life, but without a knowledge of Jesus, without a transforming gospel experience, these men are experiencing the greatest injustice of all. And that's life separated eternally from Almighty God. And as I thought about it, I began to just wonder how people were speaking about these events and these individuals without even consideration of the most important factor of their lives. And I just ask God again, Lord, just break me and give me a heart for people. Give me a heart for the hurting. Give me a heart for the lost. Allow me to proclaim your word to people with as much passion as I can possibly spew so that people can experience true life in you. Number four, I know this is corny, but peace out. Peace out. Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. Are you making peace with your actions? Are you making peace with your words? Are you making peace by expressing your opinions? There's no amount of violence. And by violence, I don't simply mean physical Our words can be as violent as our actions. 
There's no amount of violence that will ever trigger change in someone's heart. Your violent words, your violent actions will never cause somebody to change. It will only bring out the worst in them. We've seen this in our nation. We've seen displays of violence that were justified in the minds of some people, apparently, but in the grand scheme of things, definitely not justified and not helpful in the least. And if we can make it our aim to promote peace, if we can ask, are the words I say going to bring peace to someone's life, it will help us to respond to these events, to these actions in a more healthy way. And then lastly, be golden. Based on the golden rule, Luke 6, 31 to 35. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Treat others as you would have them treat you. Respond to others as you would have them respond to you. React to others as you would have them react to you. Protest to others as you would have them protest to you. Say to others what you would have them say to you. It's a simple truth with such incredible implications. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend from those who expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. If God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked, and we are followers of God, should we not be kind to the ungrateful and the wicked? Should we not treat people with love and decency and respect, even if they don't deserve it? If we will make this golden rule our mantra, the filter by which we speak, the filter by which we act, the filter even by which we think, then we'll see, we'll see change. If we can love those who are different than us, if we can love those who are even considered our enemies, that love transforms lives. Hate brings discord. Love brings unity. Love is a common ground that should be the thread of all of our responses in the midst of this situation. So write your blogs, write your posts, respond, comment, react, post pictures, whatever you want to do. But I'm simply asking you, can we as a church, can we as a group of people seek to respond in a healthy way that's helpful and not hurtful? Can we seek to be the change, allowing change to start with us and just examine ourselves and from us allow to flow out of us the gospel message that's based in love, rooted in peace, and allows us to see lives transformed and changed. That's my hope for you. It's my prayer for me that we could see our nation healed, that we could see our world transformed. And all of the talk and all the opposition that starts with legislation and politicians, We've got to rope things back in to our own hearts and begin there 
and outflow from a healthy heart rooted in Christ. I want to say a prayer for, for us and, and a prayer for our nation. And I would love for you just to bow your head and join me in this prayer. And let's just believe together that the gospel of Jesus Christ would transform lives and, and bring healing to our nation. Lord Jesus, we are um, at odds in our nation specifically in this moment in history. Injustices have prevailed and reactions have not been helpful across the board. People are hurting. People are confused. People don't see eye to eye with people who are different from them. And these events are causing people to take sides. These events are causing people to choose their battles, to choose which side of the war they're going to fight. And my prayer, Father, is that we would respond in such healthy ways that are, that are based on your word. Help us to listen, Father. Help us to hear what people are saying. Help us to search ourselves and begin with our own injustices that are in our own hearts to see change happen. Help us to make your gospel our sole agenda. And the reform that we want in the world really has to be rooted in your gospel. Help us to bring peace. Help us to be peacemakers. Help us to speak peace into situations. Help us to diffuse potential harmful situations by promoting peace and help us to treat people the way we'd want to be treated. Help us not to say things or do things to others that we wouldn't want done to ourselves. I pray, Lord, that we as a church, that believers as a whole in our nation and across the world would be the, the catalyst for this change. That we wouldn't speak words of hate based in a false gospel, but we would speak words of love based in a true gospel. Help us to be helpful to our world around us. And I pray, Father God, that you would unite us through the common bond of love, that we would experience healing in our nation, healing in our communities, healing in our families. I pray that we would experience healing in our churches. Your gospel, the blood of Jesus, doesn't see color. You love us all equally. And I pray that that would trickle down through the church into our world, that we would speak life and not death, healing and not harm. I pray, Lord, that you would avenge injustices in our world around us and you would bring change as you see fit and that we would simply serve you with clean hearts. Thank you for what you're going to do. Thank you for the healing that's to come. And thank you, Father, for an opportunity as a, a church family just to gather and spend some time together today. And for any of us who may be hurting on the inside or frustrated or angry or want to speak more than we should listen or 
whatever unhealthy tendencies that are close to surfacing in our lives, I pray, Lord, that you would just help us and heal us and change us and give us a, a courage through your spirit to react wisely as you would call us to. Most of all, heal our hearts. We look forward to seeing all that you're going to do in our land. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.